A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Folks, we have incredible video and audio for you because we got a chance to see and to witness, Weeby and Andre, the brand new Chevrolet Silverado electric truck EV. So take it away, Andre. Yeah, it was an important event. I, I thought you were going to bring up the airport incident. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take that and also the camera incident and some other stuff. Well, yeah, dude, but this doesn't happen very often. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, an event, brand-new electrified, all-electric Chevy Silverado. So on this episode of TFL Talking Trucks podcast, how about we um, well, give, them, uh, give you guys all of the information about it, but also compare it against comp- competitors? That's right, because there are a ton of competitors that are out there and others that are on their way, supposedly. So we're going to be hearing about that. We're going to talk about a few of those things. But let's talk about what led up to this, because this is very interesting. First of all, we were one of the few outlets that got an opportunity to see this vehicle in person and talk to engineers. And we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But, Andre, you got an email a couple months ago. Hey, be hush-hush about this. You're not allowed to tell anybody, but you're going to come see this electric truck, right? Yeah, very, very exciting. So, of course, this was, you know, weeks and months in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for, to Chevrolet and GM, by the way, for inviting me and TFL, yeah. TFL Truck, to this important event. Uh, they were also uh, had huge plans, right? Mm-hmm. CES is this week. Right. It's actually uh, launching right now. Uh, CES is a consumer electronics show. It's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, it's a 2022, a brand new year. But GM and several other big, huge companies decided not to show up there in person. Right, with the current variant of uh, COVID running around and some yes. other issues, it just didn't work out. So what they did instead was they said, all right, well, why don't you come in person and cover the truck, am I correct? Exactly, so we did. This was right before Christmas, actually. Ah. Um, so myself and our camera guy and editor, uh, we went out there and our adventure started in a kind of a interesting way. <laughs> yeah, this, so, so guys, uh, I want you to imagine this. Uh, I, it was really funny because we were talking about this at the meeting and Andre was like, I cannot believe what happened with the bus driver. And I'm saying, bus driver, dude, you just saw a new electric truck. But it's a pretty funny story. Yeah, so we were we showed up kind of late at the Detroit airport, mm-hmm. um, and we we were staying at the Westin, so the ho- the hotel that's attached to the airport. Right, and we we had to get to the shuttle bus to go from one terminal to the other because right. flying United, yada yada. So um, you know, I wanted to get some rest. I, I wanted to get to the airport to the hotel as soon as possible. It was in the evening. It was like ten thirty, eleven p.m. So we um, I was. I saw the shuttle bus leaving, mm-hmm. uh, and it was empty. And I was like, 
oh, but I was waving. I was walking on the sidewalk and waving, flagging the bus down. Very important to mention that he was on the sidewalk while he was waving. Continue. Yes, and then the bus driver saw me, mm-hmm. and she kind of backed up a little and parked the bus again right. at, at, the, at the spot. And I walked up, and I was so happy. I was like, thank you for stopping and grabbing us mm-hmm. and you know, taking us there. And I was like, are you going to the Westin? And she said, and she kind of unloaded on me. <laughs> she was very unpleased. She was quite angry. Uh, and I didn't, you know, so she, basically what she said, did you know that by stopping the bus in an active airport, you're endangering people around you and yada, yada, yada. If you're in front of the bus, I could run you over. And of course, I'll be fired, yet, et cetera, et cetera. So she, un- she went on me for a couple minutes. I love the fact that she said that after she said I could run you over. Oh, and by the way, I could be fired. <laughs> And it's not the other way around. It's not like, you know, and, you know, I could get fired. Oh, and by the way, you could get killed. No, 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 no. She decided to throw it that other direction. And then later on, as they're uh, cruising, I guess to alleviate stress, she decided to sing to you. Yeah, she had a very beautiful voice. That's great. A very beautiful voice. So she started uh, really belting out this this (laughs) wonderful song. And I, I enjoyed it. And... I'm sure you know everybody's stressed okay. out. Okay, so, so now, so now you guys got the background on, on yes. Andre. So Andre is his stress level is at a unique level. So when you see all of these videos, and we have a ton of them that are going to be coming out about the, this truck, right? Yes. I mean, there's going to be backgrounders uh, where he's talking to engineers. There's going to be a whole pre- presentation video. A whole bunch of the stuff is coming out. Understand that Andre is already under a ton of stress, and then. As he gets there, the most bizarre thing happens. I'm going to quickly mention this and you can elaborate. Totally. Um, Now, bear in mind, these things, of course, they can be a threat anywhere they go. And I'm pointing to a phone for those of you who are listening. Um, But we had our camera guy come with Andre with a bag full of cameras. So what they did was they grabbed your phone and they put tape over the lens of it. Yeah, this was at the, not at the GM facility. This right. was a, basically kind of a studio facility near uh-huh. Detroit. Um, so we walk in there. By the way, I have the backup gear. Yeah. So our main camera guy has a backpack full of cameras. And then you have one. And I have another backpack that looks ide- almost identical. Yeah, so tons uh, of cameras. Yeah, so I also have four cameras on me. Right. And we walk in. You know, we, we got there a little bit early, which was awesome. And uh, they said, you must put tape on your phones. And I'm like, because, because I was afraid that meant that we have to put tape on all of our cameras. Right. But that wasn't the case. No. No, they allowed all of our cameras. How bizarre is that? So for those of you who don't know, I mean, and the main reason why they did this, obviously, so nobody will leak this out or, you know, go onto social media. But a majority of modern cameras nowadays actually have the ability to go online, you know, the Bluetooth, um, Wi-Fi, what, all yeah. that stuff. Most cameras that are sold nowadays, we have some new ones, even with our budget. Um, yeah, so those cameras that they didn't cover were like, yeah, they can go online too. Was, so I thought it was just kind of funny. Uh, I wanted to, once again, so Andre's stress level has been elevated once again. Yes, and then, uh, well, and then, of course, I saw the friendly GM team, mm-hmm. and I got relaxed, and then I saw the truck, and the truck in person is impressive, because what they showed us was this RST first edition. 
Which is uh, the very top of the line, isn't it? Yeah, this is supposed to be their top of the line, fully equipped, fully optioned truck. It's in this blue color. Mm -hmm. um, if you're watching us, of course, on CFL Talk Channel, thank you. Um, if you're listening to us, also a huge thank you. Because actually, you guys are making our podcast even more popular. Yeah, we've actually gone up in the ranks. We had no idea until <laughs> this morning. It was, hey, guess what? Yeah. You've gone up a little bit. So um, the Chevy Silverado EV... Similar to the Ford Lightning in terms of the fact that it is an uh, entirely different vehicle than the na with its namesake, right? Yeah. We're talking about something that is based on a different platform. Um, it had mostly, you know, other than maybe a couple badges, is a completely unique vehicle. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there and kind of take us through what this vehicle actually is. Yeah, totally. So uh, GM has a brand new platform. Mm -hmm. It's their electric platform that... Uh, they're going to be putting underneath most of their, or if not all of their electrified vehicles. Yeah, the, and it'll the be, Ultium battery, Yeah, right? the Ultium system, they call it. Mm -hmm. So the Ultium system, in the truck term, uh, it's really frame-based. Mm -hmm. so, so this is very unique. So, uh, of course, the Ultium um, architecture also underpins the new GMC Hummer. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it ad nauseum already. Right. Uh, Roman they are related, basically. Yeah, they're related. Uh, Roman drove the Hummer EV mm -hmm. um, at the Proving Grounds. At GM, right. which was uh, another video you can watch um, if you haven't already. Uh, but the Silverado EV, although it uh, has the same underpinnings, basically mm -hmm. the same frame where the batteries are located, it has two motors, front and rear, very similar to what how GM uh, GMC Hummer. Right, and um, similar is. to Ford, too. And similar to Ford's layout, right? In, in a way, um, it, it's much longer than the Hummer, mm -hmm. also narrower than the Hummer. So think of the dimensions of the Silverado EV, like the wheelbase, overall length, is about as the current standard Silverado. Okay, so I, I'm looking at it, and I can see something right away that many of you uh, sharp-eyed people have noticed, and that yes. is the bed. It looks a little different, and to many of us, a little familiar. Yes, and uh, I actually asked them a bunch of questions about this, as yeah. you know, uh, because uh, there is no separation between the cab and the bed, first of all. Mm -hmm. So traditional pickup trucks, right, there is always the bed is separate, right, mm -hmm. and it's mounted on the chassis right. separately. This is not the case here. Uh, basically, in the back, uh, right behind the crew cab, the rear door, it says one panel, and there's a buttress right there so this angled piece that goes from the cab and goes into the roof and it reminded me instantly of the avalanche something that i didn't want mentioned by the way but the bottom line is that the overall interior exterior layout which has a collapsible mid gate so to speak is very similar to what they came up with with the chevy avalanche which was a revolutionary truck was one of the most utilitarian vehicles out there um, yeah, it had its flaws, but it was a hell of an idea, you know, considering what it could do. So imagine, you know, you're GM and you're thinking, okay, well, we don't want to reuse the Avalanche name because it is named after a natural disaster. I get it. Let's come. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah. Otherwise, why wouldn't they use it? So. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, um, they were not using that name mm -hmm. in, in any of their materials or in their presentation that they initially gave me. Right. But I did ask, and they said uh, there was nothing like they had a picture of an avalanche truck on the wall and they reimagined it. That was not what they did. What they said they did was they wanted a unique um, utility uh, concept, and the mid-gate was just kind of hit them in right right there in front of their face. Okay, so let's get to that, because that is that is definitely the elephant in the room. 
How does this Medgate work and how is it different than the one that was offered in the Avalanche? I can actually already tell you one thing right off the bat. The Avalanche didn't have split folding rear seats. Mm-hmm. And this does. Yeah. So this has a 60-40 split, which is kind of typical with bench seat in the back, right? Mm-hmm. But actually the 60-40 part also includes the mid-gate. So right. the mid-gate, that's the part. So for example, one person can sit behind the passenger, the front passenger, right, mm-hmm. on the passenger side. And then you could put, put down the 60% um, gate on the other side and put a long item in there. Maybe you went to the uh, you know home improvement store, right? You got some long lumber, mm-hmm. you wanna put the lumber in there or something else, or skis, anything. Right, now um, it's really important to mention uh, dimensions because the one big difference that I see in terms of its utility is the fact that you can hold crazy long objects in this. So why don't we talk about how, you know, individually the size grows and grows. Yeah, there's many, many really quite shocking specs here. Mm -hmm. And this has to do with range, miles, power. And I figured we'd get to that. Yeah, let's talk about the dimensions, like you said. So first of all, the bed, the mid-gate closed, just the bed, Mm -hmm. and the tailgate closed, 5 foot 11 inches. Which which is is the equivalent of a current short bed pickup. Uh, kind of, yeah. It's maybe a little bit longer than some of the other beds that they have currently, which I think are about 5'10". Okay. So approximately the same dimension. Yeah, approximately. Which is already very usable. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, you know how they have kind of cutouts to make the bed wider mm-hmm. and hit kind of the exterior portions of the bed? Yeah. They're using the same technology here. Right. So the volume of the bed, even though I don't have the number specifically for the uh, EV Silverado, it's really voluminous already. Yeah. Then they also have the tailgate, which is a multiflex unit mm-hmm. uh, that unfolds in many different ways. Right, and it also turns into its own little mini tailgate. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's it's available already on the Sierra, the current Silverado, the Hummer EV has this. Now the Silverado EV also has this multiflex tailgate, which you can put down, and there's a little flap mm-hmm. that opens up. So, uh, if you do that, of course, that adds length potentially. So if you put the mid gate all the way down, but the tailgate is all the way closed, that's almost nine feet. Okay. Nine feet of secured, because you can put a tunnel on this. Right, right, exactly. So anything that goes underneath the bed, you know, the top of the bed could basically be fully secured. And then there's more because you can take down the whole mid gate, not just half of it. Yes. And hold even larger items. Four by eight sheet of uh, plywood, Mm -hmm. uh, any material, drywall, right there. We're not talking about, you know, nobody will be able to break into this, right? Every tunnel cover is breakable. Yeah. But it's kind of weathertight, you know, it's kind of sealed, so against maybe some dust or, or water and right. stuff like that. So you can carry a 4 by 8 piece of material inside this truck, and then if you put the tailgate down with the midgate down also, um, and little stopper, yeah. that's almost 11 feet. Almost 11 feet. Which is... Insane, considering um, how much space is available in a truck like that. And what's its payload? So that was not as impressive mm-hmm. as I was hoping. So payload was listed at 1,300 pounds. Okay, so 1,300 pounds. Mm. So a typical four-wheel drive truck, for example, um, we currently have a Ram 1500 in mm-hmm. our fleet, in yeah. our long-term fleet. That's about 1,400 pounds of payload. Uh, the new Tundra that we have on our fleet also 1,400 pounds of payload. Yeah, but also the TRX that we have, that has a lot less. 1,300. Exactly. So about like this. So those are the numbers you have to keep in mind, right? Mm -hmm. So 1,300 pounds is not awesome 
for a, a, a vehicle like this, but it's still good for an electric one. Now, there's a couple things to keep in mind. Uh, this is the top-of-the-line version. There is a work truck and other base models that will be coming out, and those most likely will have different numbers. I mean, that it, makes a lot of sense, right? Exactly, except we do have some numbers here. And uh, by the way, we do not have a lot of images of the work truck. They did not have the work truck version of the Silverado EV in, in, in the studio. Which sucks because uh, that's the one I'd be interested in. Exactly. And they also had showed us one picture on the TV screen, mm -hmm. but there was glare and we couldn't see it very well. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, at this moment, we'll do another whole video about that later. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, according to their spec sheets, mm, uh, the work truck has 1,200 pounds of payload. So less that's Less than strange. the RST first edition, the, the blue truck you see here. You would, so it's the other you way would, around. You would think it would be lighter. Because it has less uh, stuff Less in options, it, right? right. Less, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I don't know what that's about, and I didn't have a chance to dig into much of that. But we have a lot of other information. Now, this is guys. all preliminary information, too. So it's not beyond GM or any other large automaker to switch later on. And, and update and, things. And update, yeah. right. Now, there's a couple of important things. Now, we're, we're basically finished with the... So, so now you know the mid-gate, super, super utilitarian. And the images you're going to see of the bed show a bed that looks like it's um, like a carbon thing. It's not. Actually, there's it's a steel bed. Uh, but the one that the Andre was shooting, that's uh, a rolling prototype, basically. It was just like a show vehicle. Yeah, basically One of their plastic. first prototypes. Yeah, right. Um, so it has a composite bed. And I asked, I was like, is the bed going to com be composite? And they said, no, the floor of the bed will be steel. Right. Um, and this is kind of along GM's thinking. They have most of their beds are steel. Some are carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. As you know, carbon fiber composite, uh, like on the Sierra. Right? right. So, I mean, they might do different things in the future, too. Yeah. So... So now I, I think, where should we go next? I think uh, probably the power. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to finish up with the bed. Okay, let's do it. Multi-pro tailgate. Yes. And there's a step, just like in other GM products, in the rear bumper, uh, which is integrated. So once again, a little extra thing with utility. As far as I know, um, that the tailgate works the same as the modern multi-pro, pretty much. Or a multi-flex. Or yeah, a multi-flex. They have different or, names yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, right. And we are looking at a vehicle that has running boards along the sides. Uh, no word on whether or not those will be retractable or whatever in the future. I suspect they won't be. That's a personal thing. This one wasn't. Right. Yeah. So now we're done with the utility part. Let's talk about uh, other components, measurements, and performance. Well, yeah. Let's um, follow up on the utility for towing. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Because towing is a huge story, too. Well, it, yeah. Is, isn't it 10,000 pounds? Yes, or it could be 20. Now, that's the crazy part. So let, <laughs> explain this to me. Yes. Uh, let's, let's talk about this. So obviously, towing for a pickup truck is huge. Yes. Right? We already talked about payload. Payload on the Silverado EV is not class-leading. Nope. And we'll, sh we'll, we'll tell you guys how it compares against the competition. Yeah, near the end of the uh, video. Um, near the end. Uh, but they said the RST first edition, the truck you see here, will be able to tow uh, up to 10,000 pounds, mm -hmm. which is actually uh, what an F-150 Lightning can do, too. Okay. So, you know, that's reasonable. It's comparable. Uh, 10,000 pounds. Of course... Um, and then they said, oh, by the way, uh, another version of the Silverado EV that's going to be based on the work truck version mm -hmm. will be able to tow up to 20,000 pounds. And, and I said, well, can you show me that version? And they said, not yet, because it's not really ready yet. That's a hell of a jump. Doubling. Did they say how du and why? D doubling. And so so n no, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of information. But 
Um, so 20,000 pounds, this would be heavy-duty territory, dude. It would be. I mean, serious. But it d didn't have heavy-duty markers on it or anything like that. It's not super mm. wide or anything like that. No. And these wheels, by the way, you're seeing, oh, yeah. mentioning wheels, uh, really quickly, th the, these fancy ones are 24-inch wheels, which technically, as of right now, on a production vehicle, is the largest wheel you can get. Right. And bear in mind, this is so, even though it looks like a concept, those aren't concept wheels. Those will be production wheels. Production wheels, which is ridiculous in so many ways. But there are people out there who love having giant wheels. But you know what these wheels are hiding? Hmm. They have covers to hide the lug, lug bolts. Oh. Right? Right? And then, and then the glimpse of the work truck I saw, the work truck will have 18-inch wheels. Yeah. Uh, which steel will be wheels. steel. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense for a work truck. Totally. Um, and I saw eight lug, uh, lug bolts. Lug eight, eight. Which is heavy duty. Which is heavy duty six, territory. Which is typical for heavy Yeah, exactly. Mm. So potentially, you know what else has eight lugs is the Hummer, the GMC EV. And that makes total sense because they do share components. They do share components. And also the Hummer, uh, well, um, the information we have right now, the Hummer EV has an um, Curb weight of about 9,000 pounds. <laughs> it's a very heavy truck as it is. Yeah. So this may not be as heavy as that. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be as heavy as that. But it will be hefty. Oh, yeah. Well, And that, we know that battery, battery electric vehicles in general are heavier than the internal combustion equivalent. We know that. And these giant batteries they're putting in there. I mean, how big is the battery in this thing? It's So that's another funny thing because uh, this is almost like a... A closed-kept uh, secret, mm -hmm. right? Because initially when the F-150 launched the Lightning, Ford did not communicate the battery sizing. Right. Uh, GM did not communicate it for but the But we Hummer. now know Fords. Yes, technically. Technically. Uh, yeah, they said about 131 was their 131 kilowatt hours was the large pack. Which is a 300-mile pack. Yes. This, um, we're guessing... Um, will be a 200 kilowatt hour pack. Which would make sense to go up to 400 miles. Yeah, and this is the number they're communicating. 400 miles of range, mm -hmm. which is more than Ford, which is currently more than what the Rivian is selling now, mm -hmm. which is more than the GMC Hummer, of course. So 400 miles, they said, would be um, range for the work truck and also this fancy one, the RSD. Okay, so th that's definitely a benefit. 400 miles range is, is and awesome. And, of course, that's going to be heavy. Uh, right, yes. that's another element of that. Exactly. So, yeah. So... Okay, so now we have established that this truck is heavy, large, utilitarian, and capable of doing 400 miles. What's the output on this powertrain? Yeah, that's another, um, of course, we all care about that, mm -hmm. truck guys right? oh, yeah. and truck gals. So 664 horsepower, 780 pound-feet of torque. So that's very impressive for you and I, you know, comparing it to a combustion uh, internal combustion power plant, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've actually so, stopped doing that in my head, by the way. It, so it's, I don't see it. Numbers, right. These numbers no longer make sense. No. Right? But um, so these numbers, 664, 664 horsepower and 780 pound-feet of torque, these numbers are higher than the Fords, mm -hmm. Lightnings. They're not higher than the Rivians. No, they're not. Should we just go over this now? Uh, before we do... Um, one thing we're going to mention is that the list we have right here uh, in front of us, the information we have on these uh, trucks to compare it to, uh, are trucks that we know will or have hit uh, showrooms. Uh, so the F-150 Lightning and the Rivian R1T. Why are we not mentioning the Cybertruck? There's a couple reasons. Well, yeah, because, well, first of all, it's been delayed. Uh, the information... 
So they initially announced some specs, right? Mm -hmm. When the Cybertruck was launched about a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. they, they announced specs. But then since then, you could still pre-order one. Yes. But since then, they have removed the pricing. They removed some of the other numbers. Exactly. So I'm not confident. I don't want to say those numbers now. Exactly. And then on top of that, rumor has it that they're going to go to a four-motor uh, setup as opposed to a three-motor right, setup. for their highest performance one. Right. So... We don't have those facts in front of us because these new changes are coming. Now, we do know, though, for a fact that they are still testing the Cybertruck. Recently, we've seen uh, some spy photos of uh, a Cybertruck with actual uh, side view mirrors and a windshield wiper. I know that sounds kind of trivial, <laughs> but what that means is that they're, they're trying to federalize this thing. They're trying to make it legal and safe to be on the roads, yeah. and that's one step going towards the right direction. Still, it is delayed. So the ones that we do have available are the ones that we're mentioning right now. So take it away, Andre. Yeah, totally. And we're also not talking about like Bollinger, some of the other ones. Like uh, no, Atlas. no. Well, we covered we, some of that in a vaporware video we recently did. Yeah, because um, they promised those trucks in 2021. Mm -hmm. Well, we're now in 2022. So so we, we're not mentioning those right now. No, no. And, and we know that Chevrolet or General Motors will get this out roughly on time or, you know, hopefully without any other major issues. They already managed to get a couple of their Hummers off the line. So they're actually going to customers. So we know that they're sort of on track. Uh, F-150 Lightning, we're pretty sure Ford's going to be pretty close. They've been pretty good. Other than Bronco, they've been really good about bringing things out roughly on time. Rivian, well, yeah, they're already in production slowly. So it's there. Um, so let's talk about how these three trucks compare. Once again, based yeah. on what we have in, you know, available online. And based on power, let's start there. So, like we said, 664 horsepower is the Chevy Silverado EV. Mm -hmm. The F-150 Lightning, the most powerful uh, model they have mentioned, was 563 mm -hmm. horsepower, which is almost basically 101 horsepower less yeah. than the Chevy. Um, and their torque numbers, the Lightning has a 777, um, sorry, 775 pound-feet of torque, which is very close. So the Silverado just bested it by a little bit. Yeah, 780. Yeah. And, of course, the Rivian is kind of this high-performance mindset. Yeah, the numbers are crazy. Uh, the Rivian is listed at 835 horsepower and 908 pound-feet of torque. And, of course, the Rivian states three-second approximately 0 to 60, uh, which has been kind of verified. Uh, but the recent test I saw had it like a 3.2 or 3.3. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, Rivian is sending us a truck. Oh, so later this month in January, we'll be mm. doing our own testing. And uh, we'll be able to verify. And you know, the great part is, is that once they come up here to high elevation Colorado, it doesn't matter. Uh, electric vehicles do not care about uh, elevation, not like uh, internal combustion engines do. So let's talk about their capacities because they are, uh, the numbers are interesting. Um, and in some cases, they're far apart. In other cases, they're, they're really close. Yeah, um, so, um, and by the way, the Chevy uh, uh, people told me that uh, 0 to 60 in about four and a half seconds. Okay. So that's um, obviously mind-boggling still. It's about where the TRX is. Yeah. So that's the next drag race I want to do, TRX versus Silverado EV. I think that would be a lot of fun. So, I think we're going to have to do the uh, Rivian first. When yeah, the Rivian has to be first yeah. because it's available. Um, anyway, but the, the payload, like I said, the Chevy is a little bit low, 1,300 pounds. The F-150 Lightning can have up to 2,000 pounds, which is actually a lot of real usable payload there. That's a really good number. Um, the Rivian is rated up to 1,760 pounds of which payload. Which I still think is a great number. Yeah, uh, but that's once again, 
it's not on Rivian's website, that number. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from other uh, outlets or other sources that we get this. Yeah, and I'm just going to quickly say it here. Rivian, uh, I mean, they really do some interesting things, but their website is not great. It, it, it really well, isn't. It doesn't well, it's a brochure. Any, it's it's a brochure, brochure, but it yeah. gives you very little uh, usable information, especially if you're a fan. So I'm hoping that Rivian updates it and makes it a little bit more you know, tech-savvy, so to speak. Or a little, just more spreadsheety. It doesn't have to be up front. It has to be there somewhere. You said spreadsheety, which I love. The fact that you got through that and you didn't embarrass yourself. So let's continue, shall we? I'm sorry. It's, okay. I have to pick on them a little. So towing the Rivian is at about 11,000 pounds of rating. The Ford F-150 Lightning is at 10,000. Like we mentioned, the Silverado EV is 10,000 or 20,000. Right. Depending on configurations that will come later. So those numbers are very even, the towing numbers. They're, they're all fantastic, but I know you guys are thinking it out there, and I'm thinking it too. What does that really mean? Does that mean for two miles towing something really heavy and then running out of juice? I, I'm serious. I mean, yeah. what is the measurement? As far as I know, SAE and all these other organizations do not have a standard measurement or a standard loop that these trucks go on to say that they can actually tow this weight. Yes, a lot of trucks can tow 10, 20, 30,000 pounds, but how far and how, you know, until they run out of juice or until they snap an axle or whatever. In this case, I think it's really important to understand that these numbers come with no caveats. As far as we know, this is just how their testing goes. Was it a flat so, surface? I mean, that's the question. They, right, they, nobody right. answers it. Right. So SAE does have the standard for like heating, you know, overheating and climbing a grade. Right. Right. They use Davis Dam mm-hmm. um, and, and some of the other components because you have to stop the trailer. You have to accelerate with the trailer. Yes. You have to be able to park it with the trailer on an incline. Mm-hmm. So all those things I'm sure GM and Ford and Riven and others are considering. But what it is not considering, what they're not communicating exactly is the towing range, the towing uh, how far can you, can you go with a trailer? And that's what's so frustrating. If a truck has 400 miles range and you put a trailer on it and it drops to 200 miles range in, let's say, Colorado, where we have serious mountains, fine. I want to know that. I want to know how they got the numbers and where they did the loop. And they're not including that information. Right. And that's where we come in. Yes. So that is. We'll be doing a lot of that. Yeah. We're going to um, be doing that. But, but here's the thing. Like, we've towed already with the Tesla Model X. We have a lot of videos uh, about that. Mm-hmm. We've towed with a VW ID4, mm-hmm. although much lower weights, right? Right. Uh, we towed about up to about 5,000 pounds with a Tesla, about 2,000 pounds with a VW. Right. And we'll be doing more electric testing. And it varies. So that's your, you know, your point is very valid. Some, in some cases, like with the Tesla, your range goes down by uh, three times. Mm-hmm. So basically a third what it was. Um, in the case of the VW, with the lighter trailer, it was about half. So it just depends about how much you're towing and where you're towing. And neither of those were trucks. Now we're talking about trucks, vehicles that are built beefy. In some cases, they have a proper frame. And as such, they have a proper hitch. And they're really built to actually tow. And what drives me crazy, and a lot of you guys have been writing in about this and calling in and you name it, is how do you figure range when you're towing? And I agree with you. This is really frustrating. And I, what I think they should do is a three-tier test for range. And they should do a 100-mile loop with X weight. So maybe half the weight that they're rated at, say 5,000 pounds. How far do they go on a flat loop? And then another loop basically our eye gauntlet. I know that sounds like we're trying to favor ourselves, but it is one of the toughest towing tests that you can find. The grade is very difficult. Altitude doesn't matter for EV, 
but the grade is a killer. And so see how it does with regen and everything else up and down those hills. And then maybe something in between those two, maybe Davis Dam. But people need a more objective way of looking at range. And so that's with, with towing. And so that, I just wanted to throw that out there because it's a pet peeve of mine. Or they can go to tfltruck.com. <laughs> we're going to be I'm doing... I'm sorry, shameless plug. I, no, but yeah. it, it's not shameless because that's what we do. So in the future, what we're going to be doing is when we get this Rivian, it will go up the Ike Gauntlet. It will be doing loops. Andre will be sleeping in it and hugging it uh, because he does. <laughs> and you will be getting absolutely everything we can with this truck. But that also goes with the other trucks as well. The minute we can get our hands on a Ford Lightning, we're going to find a way to do it. Um, the minute Rivian, we can get, yes, all of them. Yeah. yeah, all of them, exactly. So there, there's the point. Sorry, I had to put it on that plug and I had to get that off that's, my chest. No, that's really important, dude. I'm glad you were bringing this up. Uh, these numbers are great. 11,000 pounds on the Rivian, 10,000 pounds here, 20,000 pounds there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's kind of the brave new world, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is uncharted territory. Uh, we've charted it with diesels and gas-powered trucks. And hybrids. And hybrids and, and the rest of them. And yes, a diesel truck is less efficient towing as if it wasn't towing. Yeah. You know, we know, we know all this. Yeah, but to obvious. replenish that energy is very easy. Mm -hmm. You go to the diesel pump, you replenish that energy within minutes. You, you have a huge capacity for that energy in your gas or diesel tank, mm -hmm. right? Uh, in this case, well, let's talk about charging. Let's talk about the replenishing. Which is why uh, we we're leading up to it. So yeah. we're going to talk about the charging output here. And uh, starting with the Chevy Silverado, that's what, 10.2 kilowatts? Uh, yes. Well, let's not start there. Let's talk about charge speed first. Okay, yes. Let's talk about the replenishing of the battery. Yeah. Um, so the charge speed is a big deal, like we said, because you need to put what you just used up, you got to put back, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is where GM is actually leading uh, because they're quoting up to 350 kilowatts of speed of charging speed. By itself, that doesn't mean much, right? If I told you 350 kilowatts, you'd be like, well, what's the big deal? Right. That's, I, I look at it, and I'm very basic when it comes to electricity. I look at it as flow. How much can you actually put into this cell? and then Almost can, like the size of the hose, right? Yeah, you, you can open the taps even yeah. more. And then how long does it take to get X amount of miles? And they actually have that information here. Yeah, so the Chevy Silverado EV, like the Hummer, like the Hummer EV, 350 kilowatts of maximum DC charging. This is direct current, mm -hmm. maximum uh, you know, level three uh, charging. Uh, the Ford Lightning is up to 150 kilowatts, mm -hmm. significantly less. Much less. Uh, the Rivian is at 200 kilowatts or up to 300 kilowatts in the future. Mm -hmm. That's what they're quoting, That's what right? they're, yeah. That uh, so, and how many miles can you get in a certain amount of time? So GM is quoting for the Chevy uh, 100 miles of range in about 10 minutes. Okay. Once again, this is the ideal case. This is the, the fastest charging. And, and that's, that's from zero, too, right? Zero, 10 minutes. Not necessarily. Um, not from zero. Oh. They just say, let's say you're partially, you know, you have some energy left. How, how long will it take to so get... So they did say that, okay. ...to get 100 miles into it? And according to them, in the best case, 10 minutes. Okay. Which so is... 40 minutes for 400 miles? Is that what exactly. I'm assuming? Okay. Yeah, but it's not linear. <laughs> that's yeah, the thing, that's right? Yeah, that's the thing. So... so so there's a lot of caveats here, right? Mm -hmm. It's not linear. You cannot extrapolate and say 40 minutes to f make it zero to 100. Um, they didn't quote that number, actually. Um, many manufacturers don't uh, because most of them talk about between 15% and 80%. 85, right, or, or 85. Percent. Because it's that last uh, t uh, 20 to 15% is It takes longer. It right? takes a lot longer to basically top off. So that is one issue. So... Um, 
One of the curious things here is that GM is sort of leading with these numbers that they've quoted, but once again, we ha- cannot verify them yet. Ford is basically half that. Yeah, Ford is saying 54 miles in 10 minutes at their fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rivian said 140 miles in 20 minutes, so almost like 70 miles, right, in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. if you have it. and you. But once again, uh, it's important to note, this is ideal conditions. Uh, for example, Roman and Tommy went cross-country several times in electric cars, right. uh, be it a Porsche Taycan or, or a Mini, Mini Electric. Yeah. Um, and ideal case is not the norm. Not yet. Um, the infrastructure still right. has to catch up. That's something that we're still waiting on, but uh, things are starting to speed up with that as well. You know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently at a, at a gas pump mm-hmm. uh, at a local uh, grocery store. Right. And the speed, you know, I put in you know, the gas pump into my truck, mm-hmm. and the pump was slow. And it bothered me. Have, have you had that happen? Yeah, where, where you, it just kind of ticks slowly and yeah, tick, tick, it, tick. it's kind of it, by it's by half the speed of what yeah. it would normally be, yeah. and it, and it gets you super impatient. I've had to fill up very large tanks before doing that, and it takes ten <laughs> to fifteen minutes sometimes, or even longer sometimes. Yeah. Right. So suddenly, that is sort of I think what you're coming to is that yeah. that is almost the equivalent of what it is with these chargers, but they're even slower. And one of the things I think that we've all agreed is that. Uh, EVs will become a lot more popular if they can maintain charging speeds that are similar to how long it takes you to fill up a car at the gas pump. Right? Yeah, and, and the good part, part, so the negative part is it may take you longer to fill up, right? Mm-hmm. The good part is that it's predictable, or, or it should be more predictable maybe in the future, because, you know, the vehicle will tell you exactly, you know, how much energy is left, mm-hmm. right, what the range is left, and then as you're charging, you're constantly getting this update what your flow is, how it's doing, right. et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like it's unpredictable. Oh, this pump was slow. That pump is fast. It so, should be roughly the same. Yeah. And, and then, but, uh, but also remember, temperature and all that actually can play into it, not only with storage of the power, but also delivery of the power. So those are things to keep in mind. We're still kind of in this new frontier with uh, figuring this stuff out, Exactly, right? exactly. And that's why we'll be doing a lot of testing, mm-hmm. including charge testing and driving testing. So GM is leading, you know, on the miles of total range, 400. Mm-hmm. They're leading in the charge speed, about 350 kilowatts in 100 miles in 10 minutes. They're leading that. Now, export power. Um, how much power can you deliver, for example, to charge another vehicle mm-hmm. or charge, help uh, power your house? help power other things. Okay. So GM is also actually currently leading in this space uh, because the F-150 Lightning has maximum 9.6 kilowatts of export power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the F-150 Hybrid, the truck I own, has 7.2 kilowatts of export power, which right. is already very useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chevy Silverado has 10.2 kilowatts of export power. So technically, uh, that's good. So they said with an adapter, you could actually plug it into the main charge port mm-hmm. and get the energy out of there. Or there's multiple 120 volt or 240 volt outlets in the bed, for example, and also in the cab. So you could charge other electric vehicles, you could charge a house, you could charge a variety of different things. Accessories, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't have a definitive number, I guess, on the Rivian. N- not right now. No. Once again, their website is not very clear mm-hmm. on this. Um, there's many different uh, other predictions. So right now, even though Rivian says they can charge other things, we don't have the speed. 
necessarily. Right. And we're also waiting for a larger, more powerful battery and some other uh, updates with Rivian in the near future. So keep that in mind. Now, let's talk about frunk space because um, we do have all three of these trucks do have frunks. That's the front trunk if you don't like it being called a frunk. And essentially, it's cargo area that would have normally gone to a, a gas engine. Uh, so let's start with uh, the Rivian R1T, and that's 11 cubic feet yep. of space, which is usable. I mean, that's yep. basically the size of a uh, small trunk in a in, car. In a, in a small car. Yeah. Um, and then bounce up to the F-150 Lightning, which has 14.1 cubic feet of space, and that's essentially the same size as, say, a, a Camry. Uh, yeah, like trunk. a mid-size or a full-size mid-size car. trunk. Yeah. And then a Chevy Silverado, which we don't know. Yeah, so uh, Chevy Silverado, they have a frunk. Yes. Um, it actually has a lot of the same features that you may find in other uh, frunks. For example, additional lights inside, mm-hmm. outlets for charging. Exactly. Uh, but they haven't finalized the exact volume of it. Uh, by the way, also, uh, the frunk, uh, just like on some other competitors, is powered. So mm-hmm. it actually will power up. Um, and the part of the grill area comes with it. So mm-hmm. the entry point into the frunk is actually relatively low. So it's uh, like at your waist. Kind of, yes. Yeah. So you don't have to lift over. Up and, and over a heavy grill things. or something yeah, like that. Heavy to get things it in there. like that. Gotcha. Um, and also, there's also things like uh, the windshield washer fluid mm-hmm. fill is in there. So, um, so there's a couple of items there. Okay. Now that we're uh, you know well into this video, um, I wanted to discuss pricing because... There's some really unusual components here when we're talking about these three trucks. And so I wanted to start with the Silverado EV because there are a couple things that come with this truck. For one thing, even at its lowest price that they've currently mentioned, you still get the 400-mile range, right? Yes. Okay, so that's huge. So keep that in mind as we move through these numbers. And here's how it works. So right now, Wednesday, uh, January 5th, this is a debut. You're watching our coverage and listening to our coverage. Mm-hmm. The reservation system is now open. Mm-hmm. So you can now go to Chevrolet.com and go under the Silverado section right. for EV and actually um, reserve and pre-order one. And the one you'll be ordering right now is this first edition RST. Uh, this is what how they're going to start. They're calling it the first edition once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's fully featured, uh, fully optioned truck. Uh, that we're discussing here, including the fancy interior that we'll mention next, including panoramic sunroof, including all of the power and all the capability we just talked about. So absolutely at the very top of the line. Yes. Uh, Leather and other features, all of that. For 105,000, that's the final MSRP. This is the manufacturer suggested retail price of 105. And that is kind of a shocker. Kind of. For the value-minded Chevrolet uh, buyer, yeah, it's a huge shocker. What does a Hummer currently go top price? So the edition one, the first edition that they had yeah. for the Hummer, was 112000 Okay. and change. And by the way, this is before destination charges. Okay. Could be more. And, and then, <laughs> you know, taxes, more. registration fees. Hey. Um, you can imagine where this goes. Yeah, there's a lot of viewers and listeners who are going to say, oh, wait a minute, you get money back from the uh, state and federal, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you do. A little bit, yeah, yeah. but that's not going to make a huge dent in $105,000. So, okay, re- rewind. Mm-hmm. Um, G- GM said later on 
uh, they will have a work truck version that we mentioned, you mm -hmm. know, slightly less power uh, output, still four-wheel drive capability, still uh, 400 miles of range, mm -hmm. so really good specs. Uh, and, and the most affordable one will be $39,900. Now, that is a lot more impressive. That's hugely impressive. It's also impressive because it's less than the F-150 Lightning. Right, which Be the F-150 Lightning, as its base model, it has a much lower range. Um, and, and a price of 39974 But keep in mind, guys, this comes later, mm -hmm. right? So it won't be available at launch. Um, the Silverado EV launches in the spring of 2023. I said 2023. Right, Not so we're talking year. about uh, around 18 months from now, give or take. Exactly, something like that. So about a year after the F-150 Lightning. That's also unfortunate because that means the Lightning has this first mover advantage in this space. In this space, they do. And that could be a huge boon for Ford. For one thing, they have the opportunity to change some of their specs and be a little bit more competitive with General Motors. And for the other thing, there's still going to be people out there who don't care about the fact that it has less range and perhaps uh, a lower capacity. They're going to love the fact that it's a Ford product and maybe it gives you a little bit um, more incentive to buy it quicker because it's going to be the first electric truck on the road that's mass produced as far as I'm concerned. Because I don't think Rivian uh, or GMC is going to have a ton of electric trucks by the time Ford starts cranking out these lightnings. Yeah, and the Rivian starts at about 67500 And most editions, like the first edition or the launch edition for the Rivian is 73000 So it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, basically, I mean, in theory, you could almost buy two uh, Lightnings or two Silverado EVs for a price of one uh, R1T, except you can't buy them. Yes, except Yet. you can't. And, but and also, it should be mentioned that uh, the R1T basically goes from sixty-seven five all the way up to about $90,000. Well, guess what? So Ford, yeah, $90,000. That's where it peaks. Yeah. So both of those trucks come $15,000 under the max version of the Chevy Silverado EV. But if you look at it across the board in terms of pricing, you can easily get all three of these to be around the same price with similar capacity, although it does seem that, at least in the scheme of things right now, that Ford is sort of on the bottom when it comes to range. Yeah, Ford is between 230 and 300 miles. Right. Um, EPA rating on the Rivian. By the way, the Lightning does not have an EPA-confirmed rating yet. Right. Uh, the EPA rating on the Rivian is 314 miles, so which is decent for real world That's That's uh, excellent drivers. for yeah. you know for a truck. Yes, it's actually for a quite, heavy For a heavy vehicle it's like not this. Light. Um, none of these guys are light. So, yes, the Rivian, what, in 2021, there was information that they delivered under 400 trucks mm -hmm. uh, to customers. Uh, so it's still kind of a trickle, right? Uh, GMC delivered, what, a dozen, maybe, <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2021, and they'll be doing more, yes. obviously, this year. Uh, Ford launches in the spring of 2022, which we'll see how that works. Yeah, that's not too far from now. Yeah, so April to May time frame, mm -hmm. uh, potentially. And, of course, a year down the line, in 2023, GM will uh, uh, productionalize and start selling the Silverado EV. And um, also, they said 2023 was going to be a big year for this model, the electric Silverado, because... Not only will the first edition, they promised other editions too. Mm -hmm. So the work truck should be available. Right. Maybe some, maybe the heavy tow version, maybe some other versions. So a lot of versions should be available. 
That is great. Um, there is one final thing that I think that uh, we should talk about. We haven't had a chance to talk about the interior of this truck versus the other trucks. And, it, you know, where are you going to spend most of your time? <laughs> Inside. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I can tell you uh, that Andre and, and Roman actually got a lot of time with the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning to really, you know, root around the inside of it, go back and forth and really look at it, look at the front and all that, too. Um, and they got to see the big screen. Um, I personally got a chance to hang out inside of a Rivian R1T and play with it quite a bit, not moving, of course. So I have a pretty good idea about that interior. Uh, so it really comes down to the Chevy Silverado EV and what type of interior does it have, and you just saw it. Exactly, and you know, this show truck uh, was also not allowed to sit in it. Um, so there was another caveat to this experience. Um, but the interior did impress me. First of all, it is a crew cab, like we said, about and large doors, large door openings, right, which is really great. For example, in the back seat, you can open the door pretty wide, and maybe let's say you're carrying a television, you know, just bought at Costco or something, uh -huh. um, easily would slide in. Uh, flat floor, right, because this is typical of an electric chassis. Right. Uh, so there's no transmission tunnel. There's no transmission. No. <laughs> so, so interior is really cavernous, really voluminous. Of course, the mid gate is there. Mm -hmm. Underneath the rear seats, you can actually also lift them up, and there's a little bit of storage underneath the seat. Um, real quickly, going back to the mid gate, do, do you have to disconnect the upper section and like yes. store it into yes. the seat? Yes, we didn't get to this. Yeah, yeah thank sorry. you. So it, it is a 60-40 split, like we said. And so you can lower down the, the bottom section of it, and then there is a crossbar that goes in the center of it. Right. You can remove it as well, store it within kind of this floor area uh, right on top of the seats. And what about uh, the upper glass? And the upper glass also falls down. It but it's down not, or falls up? Well, actually, you remove it physically. Okay, so it so, also goes into the seat or that lower yeah, but, storage area. but it doesn't slide down like a Tundra would. No, no, but it, it's right, like but, the old avalanche. But it's which, removable. Right, right where right. you had to pop it off. And so, because I was wondering about that, because they didn't remove it on the show vehicle, mm -hmm. uh, but they said it was removable and you could stow it. Okay. So, in theory, the entire opening, the entire opening of the cab can be open. Once again, just like the uh, uh, avalanche. Like, like the avalanche was. A slightly okay. different execution, but yes. the same but the same result. Exactly, and that was my point. So let's talk about the front seats and yeah. the interior and uh, what that's Very like. well done. So this RST, by the way, I also asked them, how come it's not called a high country? Yeah. Or how come it's not called a platinum or uh, LTZ or something else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they said RST is kind of their... Um, well, first of all, sporty yeah. uh, name because there's also the, the Camaro RS, mm -hmm. uh, RST trucks uh, that they're currently just selling. So they were kind of proud of it. They said also RST name is kind of their uh, the, the meat of their uh, models they mostly sell. You know, mm. the, that's kind of the volume leader as well. Well, this is the first edition. It's not going to be a volume seller. Right. Uh, but still, the RST interior was... Uh, with nice little tram blue stitching on the seat belts, uh, red and blue stitching along the seats. It was very sporty, very inviting. Panoramic glass, but not movable. Mm. So the glass is fixed. Uh, they said there will be a, a shade that you can install mm. or there will be sh uh, uh, availability for shading the area. Um, but also what was impressive for this RST first edition, 17-inch screen. Ooh. So humongous screen. Ginormous. Ginormous. This is bigger than the Rivian, bigger than the Ford Lightning. It's, it's, it's about, it's almost like a Tesla size. 
I mean, it's it's that it's that huge. Um, it's in horizontal orientation, uh, in landscape uh, orientation. They have one of those buttons. You know how in the Mach E, there's on the screen there's a little knob that you turn, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it changes the volume mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They have a similar execution of that volume knob huh. on the Silverado. Interesting. Um, so then they have Super Cruise which is their semi-autonomous system. So the steering wheel is also chunky, and it has that you know the little indicator for the Super Cruise system. Mm-hmm. They have heads-up display. They have a fully digital cluster. You know The gauge cluster is also digital. Right. Um, they have also something called, um, not keyless start, but like buttonless start. So there is no start button. So, so, so um, also, of course, over-the-air updates, apps, Google Maps, Google Assistant, you name it, dude. It's full of technology. I sincerely hope it doesn't have a subscription requirement or something <laughs> like that. Um, it might, because it, that's kind of where the world is going. It, it is, and I really am not happy about that. So, um, you know, for you screen files, people out there who love screen sizes, the 14, sorry, the Ford F-150 has a 15.5-inch screen. The Rivian R1T is essentially the same. It's at 15.6 inches. So... Yeah, you have a big jump when you go to the Silverado with a 17-inch screen. Did they say if that comes standard? No, the work truck will have a smaller screen, about 11 inches in, the, in diagonal, size, yeah. um, 8-inch um, configurable digital display in the work truck. Of course, when you get this fancy version, um, the screens are larger. There's more features. Um, also, heated and ventilated seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that stuff that you're used to in a luxury truck, it, it's all there. Um, obviously, I wasn't able to kind of sit in it, so mm-hmm. that wasn't some an experience I was able to have. But pretty soon, hopefully, they'll have more prototypes, right? Oh, by the way, the suspension is air, adjust, height adjustable, uh, four-wheel w- steering. Four-wheel steering. Yes. I know you guys are asking whether or not it can crab walk, and they did not answer his question. Right. I'm not sure if it will crab walk. That may be like a Hummer-specific thing, mm-hmm. specific feature. But the turning radius is going to be amazing. The turning radius um, is going to be very car-like in this vehicle, which is great because the wheelbase is pretty long. Yeah, it is a long truck. Um, they didn't talk too much about affordability. Well, this was kind of a luxury truck, right? Yeah, with um, the wheels that size, I'd be real hesitant to bend yeah, those around. They off-road. might have, they didn't say it, but they might have other off-road specific versions. Well, they already have the work truck with the 18-inch wheels, which means you have a lot more rubber to work with. That, that I guess, helps. Yeah. Uh, but And also, you can lift the truck with this uh, air suspension, but they didn't say what the ground clearance was, did they? Not exactly, right. What about so I don't have, Archer and all I, that? I don't have those numbers either. Yeah. So uh, they did talk about the wow mode, uh, the wide open watts mode uh, for acceleration, which is four and a half seconds, like I said, um, which was impressive. And also the 400 miles were enabled in the big part, both of aerodynamics, uh, because they were able to kind of come up with a kind of a sleek design. The roof line is a little bit laid down. Um, It's a little bit lower than the regular Silverado. Of course, 24 inch wheels and side steps and a flying buttress in the back, all that combined for aerodynamics. You know what I'm curious about? In the image, I don't know, for those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see this, but the image shows a truck that does not have a massive chin spoiler, which is something we've become very much used to with a majority of the automakers out there. Some of them are retractable and some of them are deleted and whatever. But in this case, I don't see it at all. I, I have no idea whether or not it's retractable in this vehicle, but it's hard to tell from this angle, from its profile, 
that it's as, as aerodynamic as General Motors says it is. So I'm impressed with well, their numbers. Well, they were proud of it. It also has these side air skirts, you know, kind of like a Silverado currently has, mm -hmm. where kind of the air kind of hugs the vehicle and goes around the wheels in the front grille area. Uh, so they have that. And I'm guessing, since we don't see the chin, like you said, I'm guessing it can lower itself a little bit at speed, right? right. Because it does have height which, adjustable. Which would make sense for performance and for EPA numbers. Yeah, height adjustable mm -hmm. suspension. That makes a lot of sense. So once again, they talked about, you know, chassis stiffness, performance. Obviously, we haven't driven it. I was, was not able to drive it. So, so it should have a lot of, you know, high performance numbers. It will be heavy. Mm. We don't know how much. Nope. Um, but a lot of the numbers are very impressive as far as range, charging, towing, and the rest. Yeah, one final point is that, uh, yes, you're right. If you're wondering if they share components between this one and the GMC Hummer, yes, of course they do. How much? We don't know for sure. And that may be something that uh, is worth investigating in the near future. But Andre is going to stay on top of this. He will most likely be going to a event in the near future or maybe several events in the near future to sample this truck and really show us what's what. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we'll have more experience with other trucks, right? Other mm -hmm. electrified pickups and also regular pickups, too, um, at tfltruck.com. Um, so the other part I was going to mention really briefly, the charge port on the Silverado is in the back. Yeah, uh, you know how in the Ford it's near it's the, in front, the front, right. right? The Rivian is really in front; it's near the headlights. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I felt like that was a unique thing that they did. Um, not ideal for a home uh, no, environment. No, not at all. It wouldn't work in my house. I'd have to back it up every time I used it at my place. Uh, well, first of all, most garages like mine and maybe yours, it, they're not long enough for a pickup truck. No, it's, um, mine's really not. Uh, my garage is about 19 feet long, mm -hmm. um, and also. <laughs> You know, let's say another family member or somebody else, they don't want to back up a truck all every day, right? No. I mean, into the garage. So I could not picture my so, wife or my daughter doing that. So that's not ideal. So maybe the cord will be a little bit longer for charging, yeah, or can. we may have to redo our wiring in our garage. It's going to be a well. They do make extensions for the J seventeen seventy six whatever seventy two seventeen seventy two. Um, yeah. So they do build those, but I, I still wouldn't want to rely on that. Um, the cord that I currently have is twenty feet, and that means that's twenty feet from my two twenty. Um, I really would rather not have to. And I'm sure in. you know as part of this. Uh, wall-mounted or home-mounted units will be on sale, right? Right. Because, you know, if you want to do bi-directional, for example, like Ford is also talking about, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to do that, bi-directional energy so your truck can be a backup for your house. And I, I, and I wanted to point something out about bi-directional. I know some people think it's a bit of a gimmick, but I got to tell you, living here in Colorado recently, we had a real good reason to have something like that available. It was horrific. Yes. It was horrific. He, we lost power here at the office. Obviously, you guys probably heard about a lot of Colorado uh, catching on fire, residential area where a lot of houses went down, uh, which is a tragedy. Fortunately, very few uh, deaths and injuries. We, we got lucky in that respect. But there were a lot of houses that were without power for that entire day. And, and still are. And still are. And yeah. it's winter conditions here. So we had uh, eight degrees weather in Denver. This is where I live. And there were a couple of houses without power. So having bi-directional capability in a house that's wired for it, by the way, mm -hmm. 
because you can't just plug in any old house. It has right, to be right. properly wired for it, right. which there's another video with Andre who uh, hopefully you'll be seeing soon where he's working with that. And being able to take your truck or vehicle, that is, plug it in so you can run a basic heater and perhaps, you know, an appliance or two is huge. And I think it would be a huge peace of mind because some of these trucks, including Ford's, can run a campsite or a house for quite some time especially if you're not drawing too much. So something to think about. Exactly. Of course, there'll come an additional cost to wire your house in this proper way, right? Right. So it's not free. No, um, no, it's not. But, but, but there are but ways to get... it's a good get... emergency uh, uh, capability. Especially if you don't want to buy a generator or if you don't want to have wall-mounted batteries or whatever, this could be a very good solution. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be doing more when this, of course, uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, powering a house. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing more with this. Which is kind of a part two, by the way. Roman did it once, but now Andre is going to take over. Yeah, so, yeah, there we have it. So the first versions of the um, RST first edition Silverado will be available a little bit later in 2023. They said spring of 2023 for some of the fleet and work uh, versions of this truck. Um, and 2023, they said, will be the large year for different versions of this truck. Yeah, and bear in mind that General Motors is expecting to go almost all electric by 2030 uh, and be fully electrified by 2030. That's, that's actually how they for say it. For their lineup, yeah. Yeah, for their lineup. So this is just the first of what you're going to see in many vehicles that will have a somewhat affordable price in some way. $39,000 isn't too bad. And you're going to see more use of this ultimate Ultium uh, yeah. powertrain, is that what they called it? Yeah, and chassis. Yeah, Chass they're calling the whole thing Ultium. Yeah. yeah, so you're going to see a lot more of that coming up because they put a lot of money behind it. Exactly. Well, well there you have it, guys. That's kind of the experience, mm -hmm. uh, hands-on, the first experience with the electrified Silverado. We have a debut video you can watch on TFL Truck right now uh, where I kind of show you around the truck. Also, tomorrow we have another interview with the chief engineer mm -hmm. uh, coming up. So just you can watch it on TFL Truck as well. And, and uh, uh, we may, if you stay tuned, there may be a little teaser of that uh, interview coming up at the end of this video for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Exactly. Well, thank you once again for watching. Thank you, Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash TFL car is where you can support us. Yep. And that makes this podcast possible. Thank you guys for your support. Have a great week. We hope you guys are safe. We'll see you next time. And please come back tomorrow to TFL Truck Channel for an exclusive deep dive interview with the chief engineer of the Silverado EV. So the Ultium architecture, I mean, you already have the GMC Hummer EV, right? We do. So that was the first iteration of the chassis. So how's this been modified or, or changed for this Silverado? So from our battery electric truck architecture perspective, this is our first, um, what I'll call traditional stance, 80 inch uh, width pickup truck, so not the wide width that the Hummer EV has. We've um, designed all new suspension, cradles, um, chassis architecture into this vehicle. It's really the starting point for all of our future derivatives that are gonna be on that more traditional stance. Um, the drive units have been uh, repackaged, redesigned within the motors within the drive units so that we have a very efficient package. Allows us to have low load floors um, the pickup bed itself is lower on the Silverado EV than, than the Hummer, and then in the front, the frunk itself also can sit lower.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.